0: Uh, hey guys it's gary Vaynerchuk. uh jesus i do this every time (laughs) with the podcast uh thanks for listening to the podcast i appreciate it uh you're about to listen to a keynote i gave at vid summit if you're a creator or if you're looking to create content on youtube specifically uh, for your business this might be a really good thing for you to listen to Uh, a a lot of good stuff and a lot of great q a at the end Uh, i was i was sharp this day i felt good about this one so um, a lot of current state of the union in video opportunities for businesses from a marketing and sales standpoint. So hope you enjoy it. Uh, And please uh, uh, review the podcast. Uh, I I think it's hurting me in the rankings. I'm getting competitive. And please subscribe if you haven't. That's definitely hurting me. And share it on social, like Jesus Christ. I mean, the podcast is free. I should put it behind a paywall, like, yeah. You know what, if I don't get enough shares and love on today, I'm, I'm, I'm going, I'm just kidding. Enjoy the podcast everyone, see ya. This is the Gary V. Audio Experience. Welcome to Vid Summit, year two. Hello. Had to have you back. Thank you, brother. Yeah, yeah. Hello. Hello. Hello, Vid Summit. Uh, <laughs> thanks for having me. Um, so, just having a great sense of like the way people have been tweeting about the event and a good understanding of who's in the room, Uh, I actually want to do quite a bit of Q&A today. So before I go any further, you guys said you had runners. I just want to get a sense, like where are the runners and like I might go into it like 10 or 15 minutes in so summit crew be ready for me because I'm about to go into it and so just raise your hand if you have a question when I open that up. And I I wanna go questions because ultimately what I think is super important about when you produce content or when you speak, I think the biggest, actually this is a great starting point, I genuinely believe that the far majority of this room is not achieving what they want to achieve if they're not. So if you're sitting here and you haven't amassed enough audience or revenue or whatever might be running through your mind, The biggest thing that I've seen over the last 12 years that I've deeply been paying attention to creators, and just to give people context here, it was great to see Rob Sandy, uh, the CEO and founder of VidIQ, who was also the CEO and founder of a company called Vidler, which was the platform that I switched my wine show from because I started a wine show on YouTube on February 21st, 2006, less than one year after YouTube came out. 99% of the videos on YouTube when I started were ripped off content from television or these very quick you know less than a minute kind of funny clips of like mentos in a coke bottle and things of that nature i sat down and did a 25 minute show it was mainly kids and tech nerds i did a 25 minute show on wine and me tasting wine and literally for the first 18 months barely anybody watched it and and so it's interesting for me to like be you know, at this at this event, knowing that there's just so many people that are creating. But the thing that no question to me is a great starting point is I am blown away how many creators spend all their time being selfish mentally. Like 99% of the emails and DMs and conversations I have in conferences like this are predicated on how to start with how do I how do I get more subscribers how do I get more engagement? How do I get more money from brands? How do I quit my job and do this full time? How do I, how do I, how do I? So I will tell you, without knowing most of you in any shape or form, I still will default into that 95% of the people in this room will not get to where they want to get to because their entire fucking filter on everything they're doing is 100% selfish and the only way to actually amass victory in this game where as amazing it is that we live in a day and age now where you can be a creator and like just live your life and love what you do and make a living, the equal problem is anybody can do it, which creates a very fun dichotomy of supply and demand. This is a simple game of supply and demand. Anybody tomorrow can be a Slimer or a travel vlogger or a business expert or a fucking entrepreneur, right? Anybody can do that. The problem for everybody here is anybody can do that. And then who's gonna get people's attention? The people that are gonna get people's attention fall into a very basic bucket. Number one, the second biggest vulnerability for the creators in this room and the people at home that will watch this is A, it's I, I, I. B, it's just not the truth. For me, one of the most interesting things that I watch every day in this space is people think that fake it till you make it is still real. There are so many people posing it because they feel like they have to inflate their backstory or what they're capable of or the advice that they're giving to break out, yet that is the exact same reason that they won't break out. To me everybody who's trying to be a life coach or expert or you know, an entrepreneurial expert, like the amount of people that are entrepreneurial experts but have never built an entrepreneurial thing. <laughs> Look, I wish I could be a quarterback of an NFL team, but like, I can't and all of you can see that and it's proven. Unfortunately, with entrepreneurship, it's not proven. You can just put it in your Instagram profile and thus you are. Let me, just, let me just put the, the flag in the ground for everybody here at Fid Summit. There's a fundamental difference between being an entrepreneur and being a successful entrepreneur. <laughs> so to me, those are two things I'm thinking about. One, like how the fuck do I get this room to collectively do what has absolutely worked for me, which is every single thing that runs through my mind is how do I bring value to the other person? Thus, it will work out for me. You know, it's why I have a successful client service business with VaynerMedia. Like, I think about Chase and Budweiser, not what we get out of it. It's why my brother and I are gonna completely destroy the sports agency world. It's not what the athlete does for us, it's what can we do for the athlete, because then the reputation of the whispers behind the scenes and in the halls is what builds your business. The people that build a big audience are the audience you already have now. You know how many people in this room trying to do this full time for a living and aren't replying to the comments on YouTube and Instagram of what they already have? Let me give you a preview. 99% of the fuckers in this room. <laughs> to me, that is the opportunity. Like, like everybody's worried about getting an extra 10,000 subscribers, but you have 397, four of them leave a comment, and you don't have the time to say thank you to those four. From 2007 to 2011, while running a 50 million dollar liquor store, I would go to sleep at 3, 4 in the morning. Rob Sandy from Vidler, your emails from me when I was with you came at 2, 3, 4 in the morning. Here's why. I literally lived three and a half years of my life going to sleep at four o'clock in the morning because I replied to every single tweet I got for four and a half years, all of them. I love overnight successes, we've all seen it. You've seen the cliche thing, right? Like, it looks good up top, but it's like an iceberg and all the shit happened, or you hear the sayings of like, an overnight success took 19 years. We all hear them. Much like stereotypes, they're true in a lot of ways, right? I I just, we're living through a very important moment. Let me explain why. Much of what allows this whole ecosystem to thrive is that brands Businesses subsidize it. People or businesses subsidize our ability to be a creator. It comes in many forms. It comes with, and I think we all know this, you know, a soda reaches out to you and wants to give you 5,000 bucks and you take a photo. Very easy to understand. The part where a lot of people don't understand is a lot of people make money on pre-roll ads. That's coming from a brand, it's getting amortized out, but all those nickels and dimes that add up to real money if you're at scale in this room, that also comes from a brand. Then there's merchandise, right? You said something funny, 50 people left a comment that it was funny, you're like, wait a minute, you make a t-shirt and you sell 39 of them? People, this has all happened. How many people here are under the age of 34? Raise your hands. Raise it high. Great. Who's over 40? Yeah, old fuckers, what up? (laughs) So kids, let me tell you what the old fuckers let me, let me tell you what where I want to go with this talk. Let me tell you what the old fuckers, one more time, 40 and over, raise them up. The, we really only we, we have one very important advantage, and the many advantages that the under 34 crowd. And I apologize to everybody, 35 to 39. I know you feel weird right now. <laughs> but you're out. The advantage, the advantage, the the core advantage, because so many under 34 have the advantages of growing up with it, it comes native, there's many advantages you have. But there's one massive advantage everybody in this room 40 and older has that I want to focus on right now because I want everybody in this room to get value out of this talk and I'm not sure if there's anything else I can say better than what I'm about to say and I really need you to understand it. The big advantage that everybody in here like myself that's over 40 has is we've lived through an economic meltdown. We've lived through Everything, yeah, you know, we lived through, I mean, there was one in 01 and 07, so we got too quick. Like, and then if you're older enough, you've got 92 and like, you know, 79. I mean, that was the worst. Like, Jimmy Carter fucked it up, guys. Um, and so, we've lived through it, thus, we anticipate it in a different way that if you're under 32, you can't. Because if you've only lived life professionally in an environment where the economy's been flourishing, you don't realize what happens, which is literally tomorrow morning you can wake up and we can have a Bear Stearns, uh, some sort of event that completely starts the collapse of the economy and all of a sudden the DMs from a detox tea or from Pepsi or Coach stop. And if your entire money is coming from your audience that buys 20, let me tell you what stops when the economy collapses. People don't just want to buy a $22 t-shirt that has a funny saying on it. Big brands don't want to pour money, because they don't have it, into the market. And so what I, where I'm really going with this is a couple things. Context is what drives a lot of success. When you read all your comments for all your content, You get context from your audience and it helps you think about the next place you can go with your storytelling instead of you just being creative and guessing, but you have to put in the work to read the comments. Context in understanding what's happening right now in the global economy, this is all growing, but it's growing during a time of frothy, massive economic growth. So if you're sitting here and your strategy is, I'm gonna get off my job, and I'm gonna get into this, or I'm now making 80K a year doing this, but I'm about to go to a half a million, you have to contextualize the moment we're in. I tell entrepreneurs all the time, and I don't wanna razz here, but I want everybody to wrap their head around it, if you're not crushing it right now as an entrepreneur, you suck. (laughs) This is the easiest era ever to be winning. And you have to contextualize that. So a couple things, you might just start now and you're only three months in, you didn't have time to crush it. But fuck, if you've been trying to do it as an entrepreneur for the last five and a half years and it's not clicking, you need to work for somebody. You need to wrap your head around that. You do, you do. And, and, and there's nothing wrong with that. Take it, like, some of the wealthiest friends I have were employee number 27 at Facebook. Employee number 27 at Facebook has more money than every fucker in this room combined. (laughs) So there's nothing wrong for working for something. As a matter of fact, one of the great things about something like this, listen, I'll tell you what you should be doing here. As I look around the room, see faces that I know that are familiar to me and things of that nature, you know, you should be shaking every hand in this room. Do not do the cliche silly thing that everybody does, which is there's four to seven people, or 20 people that have a million followers, or a big this or that, and everyone chases them. Literally the person sitting to the left and right of you has a disproportionate chance of having an impact on your career that you're not thinking about and everybody comes to these kind of conferences and chases the seven same people. Meanwhile, so much of the magic of four years from now was sitting right next to you. So if I can encourage anything for the rest of this event is, and I, listen, not everyone's an extrovert. A lot of people here are like, oh, I don't like, how do I say hello? I get that, but A, if you're lucky enough to be comfortable in rolling up on people and just saying hello, take full advantage of that. Because like-minded individuals in the same place at the same time matter. So much of my success was spending time with the Zucks and you know, and, and, and Travis and like all, the Uber, all that stuff. It was all happening at the same time. And Travis was unemployed and not doing anything before he started Uber. And he was at every conference. Like, it's very, very, very important that you realize that, <laughs> I always love when rappers are like, you could have been anywhere tonight and you chose to be here. I always laugh at that because it's, obviously it's a Jay-Z entertainment statement, but for me it's a business statement. The fact of the matter is, you could have been anywhere right now. You're in this hotel at this event for a specific reason that means it's highly likely that many people here can help each other even though it's not obvious based on let's do a collab like guys if somebody has 6 million fucking subscribers of course she and he knows all of you want to collab with them the answer is no <laughs> to me it goes back to the opening line here you know what you want to know what most people's vulnerability is i The reason I always win every time I enter something else, it's what can I do for you? And not the person that has 11 million. Just the person that's right next to me because karma and doing the right thing and kindness and being a fucking human always wins in the end. Always. It does. It does because because what you don't know is the person next to you may have 48 subscribers but his aunt runs shit. And everybody here is jockeying and overthinking and politicking in their head all from a selfish place and all the magic sitting in the doing the right thing, saying hello, being patient, but most of all, the thing that will speed you up in the thing that you want to accomplish, no question, is you've got to become religious about your audience. Like, you have to become religious about your audience. Like, Guys, honestly, straight up, if you're sitting in the crowd right now, it's unacceptable for you not to reply to the comments you get on your content. I don't know how, honestly, like fuck it. Like I'm just gonna go that literal with it. I don't like to do definitives things because that's just not how life is, but I'm just comfortable going there. It is actually fundamentally grossly negligent and unacceptable for you to be in a place where you do not reply with a thank you or a heart or a meaningful, you read it and you meaningfully wrote something back to every single comment you have right now in whatever limited that is because those seven people are disproportionately the reason you're gonna get 17. And yet you're so worried about getting the next 10 that don't know you, you're giving no fucking love to the seven that decided to watch your horse shit. (laughs) It's called audacity. The number one thing I see in the creator space, the number one thing is audacity. I I don't think anything I've accomplished up to today means anything. All the good keynotes I ever gave, as soon as I was sitting back there, I'm like, I have to fucking destroy this. Because if I don't, then this is the beginning of the end. You're only as good as your last at bat. And uh, you know, I, I'm very thankful, and I'm, I'm aware, I'm not delusional, that I have something to say, and it resonates, and it works, but it doesn't mean I ever take it for granted. And I also know how I got here. And I got here, and the number one thing that I love about So I realized something nine months ago or so. I was like, shit, now I know why this is working. I only give advice that I did. I only give advice that I did. I don't guess. You know how things happen for me and other people that I see? But specifically for me, I can speak for me? I reply to every fucking person. And that meant something. I created context. A very different thing happens when somebody watches some of your shit, leaves a comment, and you roll in and say thank you the depth of that relationship goes much further. And you know, so I just, listen, I just think people in here are audacious. Like, who the fuck are you to not take 17 minutes when you have nine fucking watchers to say thank you? And who you are is, and again, obviously, I don't know everybody's individual thing, but this is the collective entire space, forget about this conference, the creator, community of influencers and creators, vloggers and Instagram, Look, when I look and I spend, by the way, just so you know what I do with my time at this point, I basically read comments still to this day, less, I read mine, but I spend an enormous amount of time if somebody hits my radar reading the comments, like Tanner or Shandoris, or this is my favorite one, I didn't even listen to my first Nicki Minaj song until I read almost 20,000 comments about her from her community. I like understanding the world through other people's comments and feedback on that thing. I don't watch Breaking Bad, I just know how you collectively feel about it. Right, I don't know, I don't watch anything actually. I just, bless you, I just, (laughs) I just, uh, I just know what the collective conscious of the end user is, and that's how I think about it, right? And so, we're living such an, (laughs) we're just so fortunate. It's just so crazy to me. I wish, you know what I really wish? I wish your great, great grandparent could come out of the ground and punch you in the face. (laughs) I'll tell you why I want your great, great grandparent to come out of the ground. We are complaining about the dumbest shit on Earth. People, like, we are so blessed There's so much abundance. There's so, like, if you're in this room, and listen, I'm very aware of what's going on in society, and, like, (laughs) I'm very happy about all the great things that are happening around racism and sexism to build up to the consciousness. But, like, taking a macro 7.7 billion people in the world point of view on this, taking it from somebody who sits on boards where, you know, and millions of people in Africa don't have clean water, like literally the fucking shit on your table right there, people walk four miles for, with a fucking, I mean, it's like, take real perspective. If you're in this room and you complain about anything, you should probably get punched in the face. <laughs> and you're compl- Like, like seriously. Like seriously. Like, good news. Let me save everybody a lot of time. Everybody's got problems, so they don't have time for yours. Like like that's just true life, like it doesn't feel nice, like when I put out content of like nobody gives a fuck, I get a million emails that I have to like respond to, I'm like yes, people. I know your mom cares, but what I mean in the macro is the second you realize that people don't, it allows you to take on accountability and I guess that's really where I want to go with this, which is you. the reason I want your great great grandparents to get out of the ground and punch you in the face is first, we have the internet. I know it's kind of like macro, but like, the fact that you can even build your personal brand or whatever you're trying to do while you're still paying your bills or your loans because you can do it at night is something that our grandparents didn't have the option to do. Like, if you had hopes and dreams in 1964 but you still had to put bread on the table, guess what, when you got home at 6.30, you couldn't build something on a thing called the internet. You were just stuck. So like, to not quantify that bliss already upsets me. So, like. The reason events like this get me fired up is like people are complaining about not having a thousand subscribers. Or my favorite, when they blame the audience itself. (laughs) My favorite people here are the ones like, people don't get me yet, I'm too over the top for them, I'm too futuristic, people don't understand me yet. They understand you, they think you suck. (laughs) Like, Like, I love that shit, like Gary, I'm coming from a totally different angle. No you're not, angel, you actually just suck. People wanna PR themselves to not address their insecurities. To me, the market is right. If, you, if you're not winning right now, it means you're losing. It means the market doesn't like what you're putting out. Now, you have a question to ask yourself. Are you gonna do something that you think the market's gonna like because you want that short term but it's not your authentic self? Or are you gonna stay the course of what you do and see how it plays out? For me, the second one's clearly amazing. Here's why. My big problem right now with this space is that everybody's trying to make a million dollars a year. I'm trying to get people to understand that if you're making 53,000 a year or 92 or whatever it may be doing something you hate, wouldn't it be awesome if you can make that same exact number just making videos about Star Trek or fucking Supreme clothes or like making yogurt, right? Like to me, what has really bothered me about this space is I don't think people realize the long tail of this space is the special thing of this whole game the, to me, the person in here who 's making one hundred and fourteen thousand a year doesn 't like it, super passionate about streetwear, and she or he is trying to make their content online i 'm always trying to convince them like yo you 're making one hundred and fourteen. can you look at what you 're spending? Can you live a little more humbly so actually you only need eighty two because if you only need eighty two you can get faster to getting happy and once you get on the game to making 82 in ads and brand deals, you'll get to 114 in a second because now you're gonna full-time energy and it'll open it up. We have a very big problem that we're creating infrastructure costs around ourselves. There's a lot of people here who are like hiring post-production people and a PR person and fucking building out a team and they've got no money coming in to look the part. People trying to front in front of people they don't even like. Yeah, mm, is right. People trying to front. You're trying to prove something to somebody that you don't even respect or like. And so, look, what has worked for me and where I want to push you is one thing. Have one religion, the audience. The audience will put you on. Because when you actually have an audience, another thing happens. There's a lot of people here who are at the mercy of the platform because they actually haven't built a relationship with the audience. There's a reason, and I'm a historian, because I'm old, of watching people that weren't able to go from MySpace to Twitter. Weren't able to go from Twitter to Facebook, or to Instagram, or to Snapchat, or to Musical.ly, or to the next thing. They die when the platform kills them algorithmically, or they die when the platform itself dies, because they didn't build an audience They didn't build a brand, they built sales. They just had them, they were good, they were early, they were at first, they were funny, they looked pretty. There was a million reasons why they got it, but it wasn't an actual relationship. So when we all go to VR or AR, or when two girls in Tennessee make the next Vine or Snapchat or Instagram that we all have to pay attention to in 24 months, the audience doesn't come along because there's no relationship because it's subscribers and it's laziness of not unsubscribing. You don't have an actual audience. And this is why I just don't understand how people, it was one thing when it was Friendster and MySpace and Twitter in 2006, because we hadn't lived through it yet. And a lot of people made mistakes and I understood it because they didn't have a map to look at. But now we're here. Like, you saw what happened to Tequila and Dane Cook. And not that anything, by the way I have no idea what's happening with either of them. What I know is, (laughs) What I know, it meaning good or bad, I really don't know, but what I do know is they were, like, if you're 42, 43 like me, how many people here lived on, played on MySpace? Raise your hand. Good. They were fucking dominating. And so for me, this goes down to purity that I don't think the industry, people are doing fucking, people spend more time trying to, be part of engagement groups on Instagram than actually replying to the people that post on their, like, like people buy fans and bot up and try to spend all their time collaborating with Casey when he's not gonna do it with, like, it's just completely fucked up. People are confused. Don't be confused. Because a couple things are definitely gonna happen. We've had 12 years of economic growth, shit's gonna hit the fan. And you know who's gonna win? A very small percentage that actually has an audience and that might mean you can make 47,000 a year and because you live a 47,000 a year life, like I am like I would assume that a lot of people here would do what they do for a lot less money because it's more fun than working for somebody. And so like don't get over leveraged, just because like for the people in here that are feeling some success, you don't need a house with nine rooms that you don't use. <laughs> you know, and so like I'm just, I think what you can see is I'm trying to bring a lot more practicality to this <laughs> to this space because we need it. But it starts and stops with the audience. Like all, for all of you that know somebody that knows me, and and the narrative is like, yeah, he's nice. Actually, he's actually nice, or he's actually like, like it's 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 because it's important. It's the only asset. The only asset is the attention of the end consumer. Because with that not even the platform has leverage on you. And so now the question becomes what do you do with that? For example, I think everybody here for the most part, its next video or piece of content should be asking its audience whatever size it is of what that person could be doing for that audience. That has always worked for me. The tweet that gets me into a lot of trouble when I say what can I do for you and then I have to buy like cheeseburgers and iPhones. which I love doing because it's funny and it's funny content, but it's, but it's far bigger than that. The reason I do that is I get, at this point, thousands and thousands of comments that give me insights to what am I currently not delivering that I used to deliver or that I can't see or that somebody else is delivering and people want my version of it. This game's about listening. Take it from somebody who talks a lot and interrupts all the time. <laughs> um, it is my listening that has allowed me the privilege of standing up here and giving this keynote. You know, and and I would highly recommend people start deploying a lot more humility instead of posturing because it will work. And so like, this is tried and true shit. It's a very special time. I think, I think, I wanted to create the framework of the kind of three or four things that make sense to me I, because I feel like in our Q&A right now, we can get very tactical. I'm gonna open this up in a minute. And like, this is when you're like, how do I post on you know, my Instagram to my LinkedIn? Like this, I'm, I, I think Q&A is made to go very selfish and very, very practical. I'm happy to answer any of that. But, but the framework of giving, a, actually giving a shit about the end audience is something that is just missing and is the glaring hole in so many people's game. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. You want everybody to stay in their seats? We're gonna come to you. How many runners do we have? Amazing. Who are the runners? Okay, go ahead, great. So let's uh, raise your hand and runners are gonna come. Okay. And we'll go here second with you, sir.
1: Thanks so much. Hey, Gary, thank you so much for your leadership. Uh, For me, you've given the American male something more to live up to, husband, father, businessman. Thank you for that. Thank you, bro. Uh, My question for you is I serve the service-based business industry, chiropractors, lawyers, uh, fitness professionals, business coaches, and I want to better communicate to them the value of video content to drive people into their stores for appointments. Yep. What would your advice be to that audience to better generate awareness that leads to appointments?
0: Well, I think you just have to feed them examples and then if you can't, if you don't have those examples, you need to create them, even if you have to create them for free. Mm-hmm. I mean, VaynerMedia was built, nobody, when I started Vayner, no corporation wanted to buy social media. Like. Like I would go pitch Facebook, AJ and I would go pitch Facebook to like Pepsi and like the executives would be like, is that that thing my daughter's on? Like there was like, you couldn't even like have a conversation. So a lot of our early clients, we basically did it for free or for nothing. Like I was in a place in my life where working all those hours for a thousand bucks a month was laughable but I knew that if I wanted to win something meaningful, that I had to eat shit for a decade to get there. And so for you, a, you're pretty lucky, because guess what? There's a ton of examples of dentists and car- and like, I mean, I get the emails. Concrete, you know, provider, landscapers who yeah. are making content, yeah. who've built their business. It's your, like, your job's easy if you just change your perspective. All you have to do is showcase the people that actually lived the success and feed it down the throat of, yeah. pe- like, find four salon owners who make content and, then her, and his salon went up 100%, and then feed salon owners Sally's example. Yeah, like you should become literal and have nine hundred case studies at your disposal, because then there's no conversation. One of the biggest things I always tell people is, if somebody that looks like you with your circumstance made it, that eliminates your excuse. Yeah. Right.
2: Yeah. Great. And so
0: for me, as I've gotten more into. M- you know, mindset and like truth about humans. I spend most of my time trying to get to the truth of when people tell me that they were born in a drug-infested home. I want to make sure they're not tricking me and I'm like trying to get real examples. Abusive parents, people that have been raped, people that have lost their children. You know, probably the greatest fear to anybody who has children here. Like, I'm looking for all these difficult, emotional, you know, examples because I know that if I can point to it, it at least eliminates the excuses that it's impossible. And I think we all know at this point through all the you know, stories that we've heard, every adversity that we've ever heard of in life, there are people with examples that have done it, which is super duper important. Yours is a much more lightweight subject that you're passionate about. Show them the 39 lawyers, like find the 39 fucking lawyers that are slaying it on Instagram and YouTube, create case studies, and then fucking pound it down the throats of the other four million lawyers. You got it.
3: Hi, Gary. I run programs to help people get over their fears and conquer them to do live video so they can share their message out with the world. People being the ROI, that's what I live by. I'm obsessed with people feeling seen and heard. My thing is I'm not sure how to now. I got the one-on-one, go to the one-to-many and maybe partner with marketing or branding agencies like, hey, let me work with your people. Let me really... um, Create a beautiful influencer based on true frickin' influence, what it truly is about and the responsibility. And so I'm not sure if I should look to partner with uh, companies and agencies to get it out to the one to many.
0: Well what do you try let's work backwards, what are you trying to accomplish? So you have one on one clients. Yeah. And of course anybody that has one on one clients is always thinking about scale, right? Mm-hmm. So If you were to partner with a company or an agency, what do you, like give me, like make it literal. Your dream scenario is that you email AT&T and you say what, they say what, and then what happens for you financially and your business ambitions?
3: Who are you using to get your message out there? Are they doing a good job? Are they dropping the ball? Hi, bring me in, let me work with your people one-on-one. Your
0: people who, the employees of AT&T?
3: who's ever shooting their message out to the world
0: got it so you're saying hey pepsi hey at&t I want to take a look at whoever, whether that's a celebrity in a commercial, whether you're internal executives on LinkedIn, or if you're hiring influencers to put yeah. out your message. Yes. I want to consult you, Pepsi, to make those individuals do a better, more authentic job. Yes. And so what you're hoping is, instead of a person paying you 500 bucks a month or whatever your business is, that you can well, get ma- uh, I make sense. Yeah. You're hoping to get a macro one million dollar consulting gig from a big company.: Yes. You should do that.
3: Uh, no, no, really. Like how how should I go about that though? I can't you be like, email, hey Pepsi, yeah, you hi, can. work with me.
0: Yeah, you can. That's can. actually your only option. Here's well, what's here, the the step? How do I go about that to well, start? You go to you go to your computer and you type in info at pepsico.com. <laughs> let me let me tell you where I'm going with this, and this is gonna bring value to a lot of people. You need at bats. Let me, let me paint a picture for her that I think is gonna help a lot of people here to get influencer deal, to get collaboration deals. Bunch of people are gonna grab me in an event like this and be like, Gary, I need one big collab. Can you do it? I'm like, no. They're like, fuck. <laughs> They're like, you seem nicer than the others. I'm dead now. I'm like, you're not dead. You just need to understand that you actually have to lay in bed for 39 hours over a one week period or better yet, if you're in a position, like, I always tell people, like if you're in a somewhat solid financial position, there's no better thing than to go to a warm weather place for four days, take your phone and literally then just ask in perpetuity. Like Literally what you should do, in my opinion, is email 9,000 companies over the next week and ask them to work with you the same way you just told me add one slide or words of what you've done with other people, why you think this is right, here's what's amazing about the game. You get one fucking company at the right moment, that becomes then the beacon for everything. The reason I tell people to do things for free and I get shit on by creators all the time because they think I'm fucking up the thing is because it's the most powerful way to get the example that you can then leverage to get paid. I spoke for free for fucking two years. So back to, back to audacity. People always, like, this clip will air. Literally, this video will air. Literally, I'm going to get emails saying, fuck you, Gary Vee, like, my time's worth money. Like, why should I do it for free? And my reply is, because nobody's hiring you, dick. <laughs> I, your, time, your time is only worth money if somebody's willing to pay. Guys, the market, I will always say it, the market decides not your self-esteem coach, you know what I mean? The market. If you're so good and you're worth $500 an hour as a designer or an editor, that means people are actively paying you. And if you're not, living in an ivory tower in your own fucking head that you're worth 500 bucks is why 99% of people lose. So, you, I want, the reason we went through it is I just wanted to hear it. I think you should make a slide or five slides to why and I think you should sit your butt down and spend fucking two weeks and cold email 9,000 people. Because the second you get one, you've established the truth. Mm-mm. Once you get one, you've established that truth. Yeah. Thank you. You're welcome. Yay! Who's next? You can just start talking. There's a third one. My guy.
1: Appreciate it. Uh, always being sincere. The, the, the shoes, amazing. Clouds and dirt. Thank you, bro. Uh, appreciate that, too. Thank you. Uh, You you had an interview that you did recently with Dope Magazine in September. Yes. From the announcement in May that you're a 50-50 acquisition on Green Street. Yes. How are things going over there with uh, Josh Shelton and and, uh, Mayo? Uh,
0: Rama and those guys. So uh, what our friend here is talking about is about six months ago, I bought half uh, into a company that is in the cannabis space in both marketing cannabis products, creating cannabis products. I couldn't do it under the X world where all my stuff sits, 1.37 p.m. and PureWow and Media, because Steve Ross is my business partner there right. and because he owns an NFL team, uh, I think everybody's super aware of how the NFL and marijuana play out so I didn't want to create that vulnerability for him. <laughs> but for me, cannabis is clearly an incredible frontier for, you know, first of all, personally I believe it's gonna do a lot of good for a lot of people. Number two, I just think it's gonna be a big business. It's been super great. You know, obviously I bring a credibility and a capability into the space that a lot of people have been looking for. Literally, this morning I was on an hour call with them like mapping our next steps because we have so much good going on. I sent over three of my good people from Vayner that now work in the company. Literally, cool. our, my, one of my best guys, Joe, that was with me for nine years at VaynerMedia moved from New York to LA and is running account over there. So, it's going extremely well. well I'll t- I'm gonna say something very real about me. I know, I can make, mo- I've always been able to make money. I'm, I'm a good businessman. I love it. I do think it's gonna be highly lucratively financially but I will tell you, knowing deep in my heart, and I'm, mm-hmm. I failed every science class I took. So this comes okay. completely from a non-knowledge based place. This is 100,000% intuitive. Knowing that when those products are in the market at scale, that cannabis-infused products are gonna help a lot of people mentally yeah. and physically that there's no alternative for now because a big pharma business makes me feel good. Awesome, so, thanks, sir. Yeah. Right. Yep, keep going. Keep saying hello until they activate you.
1: Yeah, 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 all right. Hey, Kay. Gary, uh, about a year ago, I asked you a question at another conference that I had no, I, no reason to be at. Uh, but it was the first time I got to see you, and right now I'm in an unbelievable point in my life because of a couple of things we talked about. I told Fuck. you I was miserable. How
0: no good that feels. <laughs> Go ahead. I,
1: I was miserable where I was yeah. in my job, and I talked to you about it. I talked to you about my family, and I was like, I can't quit. Uh, and then I kind of went after what I wanted, and I quit three months ago. I'm living with my in-laws right now in yes. their fucking basement, which sucks. Yes,
0: no, it's good. Um. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's good, man, I'm telling you, it's good. Well, like, like real quick, because I just want to bring value yeah. to everybody, guys, it's, a, it's called a P&L. It's like how you run your business. Some people are really good at running their business, but then in their life, because they care about the Joneses, they buy shit they don't need, which then makes them stuck in their business. It's a, it's a fucking evil game. It, like having, the, like you see me talking a lot about move back home, do this stuff, I'm doing it because Moving into your in-laws basement as a man takes a level of humility and confidence that most people don't roll with, but it's gonna be the single reason, how old are you?
1: 38.
0: It's gonna be the single reason, the core foundational reason that you're gonna be happy for the next 70 years. People are literally not willing to take one step backwards to be happy in perpetuity, because they're worried their buddies from high school on Facebook are gonna make a snarky comment of them living in their in-laws' basement. I fucking, fuck, go ahead. Uh,
1: no, and, and I mean, that's where I'm at. I, I have an MBA, I'm a retired Marine. I'm like, what are people gonna think? And at some point, I was just like, forget it.
0: It just doesn't matter, bro.
1: Yeah. Like, it, like they're not living your life. So, you're right. So, uh, you always say people offer you lunch or coffee, or like, there's no yes. value in that for me.
0: Yeah, I mean, you know, no. I, don't, I don't like when people do it, like, they're, I, hate, I hate that people at this point still think they can trick me. <laughs> like, I'm disrespected by their audacity that they're fooling me with their big upfront. like, Gary, I'm gonna do a huge favor, I'm gonna pick you up at the airport and get you cozily to your fucking hotel. I'm like, dick, I'm tired, I don't need to fucking give you advice for 40 minutes after I land of a seven hour flight to go into my hotel room. So I don't, I, it's not that it's not worth it, it's when I hate when people posture and pose it as they're giving me something, it's far more likely when they just ask authentically.
1: I guess I won't offer you a ride to the airport. Yes. So, uh, well, I, I want to tell you about a way I wanted to bring you value. Real quick,
0: real quick, I apologize. The other thing, I think this is just important, context. The biggest reason I don't take any rides to the airport is because, and this is just I want people to understand actual work ethic, it's because every minute in my ride to the airport, I'm on the phone running my business. And if I'm not, I need to at least call my mom. Do you know what I mean? Go
1: ahead. Um, So I wanted to bring you value in a unique way uh, and not front, right? So I have, a screenshot right now of Pencils of Promise that told me a donation I made is going to educate 10 students this year. Yep. All right. So hopefully the next time I'm in New York, I've been working with Claude. Uh, I can sit down with you. I talked to Tyler yesterday and just 10 minutes of your time to talk to you about kind of where I am in life. and us do and, it. And, All right. And then my question is this. Sorry, everyone it took forever to get to the question.
0: It was my fault. I was interrupting all the time.
1: Uh, <laughs> since I've got out, I wanted to pursue vlogging and, and photography I thought that was my passion it is a passion but my real passion I discovered recently and, and I was with Claude at a conference was leadership development I okay. think there is like an unbelievable gap coming from my background sure. and where I was 100 percent. people don't fucking get it and what I mean is this everyone's saying no to me at like I, I was like do I go back to a job they're like you're not traditional HR I'm like HR. Sorry if you're HR in here, but you don't develop leaders. Like I know what that's like. I've been doing it since I was 19 fucking years old. So I get it, and I understand how to elevate people's potential. I I have humility and all that. So I'm not sure how to tell a company or ask a company like how how jacked up are you because I can help. You know, like you never want to just go in pointing out a flaw. I'll save
0: you time. Make unlimited free content about what you learned in the military, why it came natural to you, what your story is of why you're good at it. Get people that you did it for to say yes, it's true. And then one piece of content on one LinkedIn post or in a cold email one time will lead to the first company saying yes and then you've got that logo and on and on and on. Everybody, look, both of you have done the same thing and it's what gets me so excited. This is why I always say watch what I do, not what I say. All I do is put out all my advice for free at scale. There are fuckers out there that actually watch all my shit, repackage it, and sell it for 900 bucks. <laughs> all I do is put it out for free, put so much pressure of the information on the system that somebody falls like a domino, gives me my first at bat, I deliver for that, and then I use that to scale. So, like, you just have to take 900 no's until you get your yes. Got it. Thank That's you it. so much. You got it. Hey crew, what am I Shondorus, what am I what am I on till? Just so I have context. I don't know. Does anyone know what it's on Three
2: o'clock! <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> Five, three, nine Lower minds. Go ahead. So this summer I was going through all this angst, and in, in July in particular, um, what was the direction of my life? I had lost 140 pounds. My life had completely changed. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You never ever plan to be like the fatty who lost all the weight. And I was realizing people were seeing my story and starting to follow me, but um, I was really focused on like what I had been doing and like getting out with the kids and all that. It was July, I see this video about how life isn't over after 50, right? Does that sound familiar somehow? Anyway, I started this group in Facebook and um, it's exploded. I have, I mean, we've probably lost tons of, couple of tons of fat (laughs) already. And so, and we're headquartered in California's obesity capital. Interesting.
0: it's which is what by
2: the way which is what which is where oh Tulare county so like you know we're in the you know rural... just want to give a huge
0: shout out to the obesity yeah. capital <laughs> of the world
2: <laughs> <laughs> go ahead and and the diabetes capital no, no but it, it it comes to my question which so by the way um so we can kind of grow this in social media and by the way i've managed to my friend holly has trolled everyone here with an android 90 minutes ago we thought it was a smart idea, thinking maybe, maybe Gary Vee has an Android phone because you all got a message from me with my video, but then I thought, gosh, I'm sure Gary doesn't have the um, Android, but anyway, so and, sorry and not, for and, the no, troll.
0: And, and not only would I, if I, I don't have an Android, but uh-huh. if I did and I got a message in my text uh-huh. that I didn't want, uh-huh. that would be a negative impression, not a positive one. Okay.
2: Well, so the Beacon technology should anyone be interested, that's Holly. With a message from me okay so no so so clearly we can get a lot of traffic i mean i guess with beacons and androids but um to this to this message but also um i'm facing a dilemma because i mean this is a new thing this is three months old and we have the social media sort of bigger thing going but also we are we have the potential to really focus in geographically on that like california central valley so go ahead and so what, is, so for like a sort of new emerging movement, what, is, what is the best? Both.
0: You're doing it now. You're zeroing in on both now.
2: I'm try, I feel like I can't do both well, well, so. I think that you have to
0: decide who decides if you're doing both well. So a lot of people are really bad at over judging themselves because they have perfectionism in them out of insecurity. So, I always tell people like, let the market decide if you're doing well. Like, the Facebook group is exploding, thus people are telling you that it's good, right? like you know this beacon this spam thing that you're talking about you know i don't know i don't we didn't grow it that way so no it's like word, it. word of mouth growth and but the beacon um, thing where you text no, everybody no that was today yeah Yeah, you, you can, and you holly get it? spamming anyone everyone actually get it? you know like so that to me no, is you know so, no one so no, come i think on.
2: they're not they're not admitting so to answer
0: your question mhm There is no which one. The answer is always do as much as you can and let the market decide if it's working. To me, I'd rather have people do eight businesses, let the market respond, and then decide if the side hustle of selling hot dogs is something they're interested in tripling down on once there was an indicator from the audience that there was interest in those hot dogs. Mm. Like, too many people play out shit in their head that isn't real. Mm. The end. Cool, awesome. Who's got the mic? Over here. I'll get to you, I love you, I just don't have the, who's got the, is this the last one? Well, who's got the mic? Go ahead, just talk.
4: Uh, Hey Gary, I I never get nervous, but I'm getting nervous. And in case I forget, I need a selfie with you after this. You got it. So anyways, whenever you talk about that kid who grew up with an alcoholic mom or dad, like that's me. Okay. and six years ago because of my addiction I had a 10% chance of living understood so I've been clean and sober for six years my mom's sober now too thank you thank you I'm <clears throat> like now my passion is is just kind of like what you say like I want to show people that I'm nothing special you can do this too but Good. you gotta do what I do Good. and uh, I'm here representing uh, Roberto Blake and the awesome Creator Academy Yep. and uh, Things have been going massively well. I actually lost my job at the drug and alcohol treatment center I was working at a few weeks ago. Okay. And like you say, I just tripled down. I tripled down on the YouTube uh, channel and uh, uh, the new Shane Dawson series. Anybody watching that? And uh, I've been making a lot of videos about it. Shane actually noticed me and put one of my clips in his video. That's awesome. So I'm growing, and like my my question for you, because you talk a lot about mindset and mental health, like. How, how do I make people care more? Like I want to help people with their depression, their anxiety, their addictions, like how do I? By putting out content. Putting out content. Dude, it's, it's
0: like, it's what you're doing now, like it's so funny to me, people do something, it gets some traction, and then they ask me how to do it when they just, <laughs> when they just did it. The problem is people aren't patient. hmm You did it. What you're really asking is, how do I have a million subscribers? <laughs>
4: So, no, to to be honest, the reason why I want a million subscribers, right? Because like Roberto beats it in my head, you beat it in my head. Like, I don't care about all the glitz and glam. The more people that I can reach and help... Then you've already won. Oh, okay. (laughs) Like, I never know how many subscribers
0: or followers I have because I'm in my process. You've already won. You've accomplished it. You've figured out how to communicate through video format to do it. the The end.
4: The end. The end. I'm done.
0: Just do it in perpetuity. And now what you have to worry about is can you afford to live your life? That's a different conversation.
4: Well, that's the other thing because of people like you and Roberto. When I, The second I got laid off and posted on Facebook, I had two treatment centers hit me up and say, hey, can you manage our social 100%. media? 100%.
0: So
4: now I'm... <laughs> the answers are right in front of you. What you need to be
0: disciplined about is to not get caught up in the vanity of it all even though the words out of your mouth are speaking a good game, where everybody gets caught is they want things faster. Mm-hmm. And wanting things faster lead to mistakes.
4: Absolutely. Absolutely. Cool. Cool. Can I get a selfie? Yeah, and let's
0: get this little kid right here his question. I know it was supposed to be the last one but I'm gonna sneak this in. I'm gonna sneak this little guy in. What's that? Great. Amazing, all little children. Who's got mics? You got a mic? Let's go. You you can you can do her first. Ladies first, bro. Learn it now.
2: Oh. Hi.
0: Hi Gary. First I'd like to thank you for the book. Um I snuck into your office with I saw you. And got a book, but I I'd, I'd like to ask you, my business child hunger sucks. I'm trying to raise 1 million meals. How do you think I could do that? What's your best business advice to me? You know, it's funny. It's fun to see this young lady next to you. I think you should reach out. I think the quickest way to actually get that is through businesses. There's an amazing thing going on right now in our society that makes me very happy. Businesses are paying attention to how socially conscious the world is getting and they're gonna do a lot of good things for minorities and causes to look the part. We all know they're full of shit but here's the good news. It doesn't matter because we're still doing good. So. I think, and I know how you and your dad roll, you should make individual videos for thousands of companies and email them, just like I told her, and I have a funny feeling, this is what people don't understand about moments in time. I get asked for money 5,000 times a day. I don't answer most of them just by living my life and when I do, oftentimes it's no. But occasionally, because of who knows why, of how the human brain works, Out of nowhere, I just give somebody randomly 7,000 bucks cause fuck it. (laughs) But this is important to understand. Why that's important to understand is why the advice I gave you and why the advice I'm giving you is right. When you email Kraft or Ford or IBM or Tesla, 99% of them aren't even gonna open it. But when you're looking to do this and you're asking the biggest companies in the world to help you, on that one special day, Karen at HR, or Rick the CFO, or Susan the CEO, reads it, something's going on in her brain at that moment and she decides to buy all one million fucking meals. Do you understand? Yes. Good, do that. Thank you. You're welcome. Hi Gary, I'm Steven from Steven Choi and my question for you is you were talking about backstories earlier. Do you think it's important to say your backstory in a YouTube video? I'm a big fan of it. If you look at my early keynotes, I always spent the first 20 minutes establishing the, I was born in Russia, I did the lemonade stand. I, like, a lot of people here are already shaking their head because they like, most of my fans have to skip the first 23 minutes of a video because <laughs> they're like, all right, I get it. Fucking lemonade, Edison, I know it they want to get to the main point of the video. Yeah, I think, I think, I think it's very important. Listen, I always say, watch what I do, not what I say. I made videos for five or seven years where I would give my backstory, and I didn't care that it was annoying to some because the backstory, the first, you know, comic book number one is always the most important. So I do think establishing the backstory is important um, but it's something you can play with or You could be very clever with making your intro, right, a 13 second version of that backstory. So there's a lot of ways to play, but yes, I believe backstory really matters. I'll tell you this, and you're you're obviously an extremely young dude, but for a lot of people here, the biggest problem I have with backstories is people tweaking them to paint a picture that helps them in what they're trying to accomplish in the short term. So not only do I believe in backstories, but I enormously, I uh, really highly recommend to everybody that it's the truth. Okay. I mean, I, we're, I'm watching people, I'm watching people I went to school with, high school, talk about them being an entrepreneur when they were a full student. Like, all I need to do is have one weird day when I want to go into the comments and be like, Rick's full of shit, he was a student. And it's all over. Don't ever let somebody have that leverage over you. So the backstory should be like short or should you like go in detail? Well, I, look, I think if you're doing a live event and you have everybody's attention, you could tell the full detail, but as you can imagine, if you're putting out a video every day or often, if you tell the same backstory in the beginning, it does create a vulnerability. You see what I mean? Yeah. So maybe for your video, you do it once a week for a month full. Then in month two, you create a nice 10 second version of it and then that can play out for like a year, right? Yeah, so like where you're from, what, like how old are you? Like. I think those, cont- bless you, context matters. Like you have, a, you have an advantage, you're awfully young. That makes it interesting and I think that's something that you should play. Like everybody should play up their advantages. Some are young, you know, some are funny, some are pretty. Like, what, like, I, like I, I watch people see that they have advantages and treat them as insecurities or shy away from them when they should be leaning into them. Right, so I see a lot of young people trying to act like they're more experienced when they should be leaning into actually being young and having that context. It's why I, I said something that will bring you a lot of value. For a lot of you, I told you, document, don't create. The reason documenting is so great, AKA just vlogging, whatever the truth is the truth, you don't have to think, you just have to live. It's why I'm a good public speaker. I only just sit up here and talk about my truth. There is no slides or any, I don't overthink it. I'm just telling you the current state of what's going through my mind and oftentimes it's similar to other shit you heard, but what's great about any piece of content is all you need to do is say one thing one way one time and it's a completely different paradigm shift even though it's systematically at the highest levels it's the same shit you've always been saying. Do you know what the biggest compliment I get is? When people email me or leave a comment on Instagram and say a lot of my friends say Gary is repetitive, that's why they've stopped watching him. Or people email me and say yo bro, I don't watch you anymore, you're repetitive. That's the biggest compliment I can get, it means I'm consistently speaking my truth. Thanks Gary. You're welcome.